Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. As professors do research into new and innovative ways to teach math to children, Dr. Jennifer Lovett comes forth with a method of instructing pre-service teachers how to teach. An assistant professor of mathematics education, Lovett is co-author of a study that focuses on guiding students' understanding of mathematical functions by using a soft drink vending machine as a metaphor. We'll put coins in the slot and make a selection after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU academic officials are wrapping a new present in time for the holidays for students wanting to study and earn college credit rather than taking a break. For the first time, MTSU will be introducing a winter session term for students. Classes with plenty of variety will be available for students beginning December 21st and ending January 21st, just before the spring semester. All winter session classes will be online with sports psychology, the judicial process, history of country music, and principles of marketing, just a sample of the dozens of course offerings. Winter session courses are tied to the spring semester for purposes of tuition and fees, financial aid, academics, and other considerations. Students are limited to one winter session class for a maximum of four credit hours, but winter session credit hours are included in the overall number of hours students are allowed to take in the spring semester. That's 18 hours for undergraduates and 12 hours for graduate students. Financial aid is available because winter session is tied to the spring 2021 semester. Students who have financial aid in the spring semester can use it for the winter session. Students who take winter session courses will be charged the full tuition rate for the class, regardless of how many hours they're registered for in the spring semester. Those with questions should contact the MT One Stop for more information about tuition. Students can register for winter session and spring classes during priority registration, which is November 2nd through 13th. Anyone taking a winter session course must pay or confirm for the spring 2021 semester by 6 p.m. Thursday, December 17th. If they don't, the student's entire spring schedule will be deleted along with the winter session course. Students who aren't enrolled in a winter session course don't have to pay or confirm for spring 2021 classes until Monday, January 11th. The spring 2021 semester begins Monday, January 25th. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Jennifer, welcome and thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I, it, this is all about function. That's the key word in this whole thing. So what does the word function mean in a mathematical context? So in a mathematical context, it's about the relationship between the input and the output. And so we're trying to get students to develop an understanding that it's about the consistency so that every time you put something in, you should know what you're going to get out of a function. So that's um, the basics that we want them to learn in uh, middle school when they're introduced to the term function and not just a procedural test that they run. They were trying to get them to understand more about this relationship and consistency. Middle school is when most kids are introduced to algebra, isn't that right? Correct. Yeah, and the function plays a big role in algebra. A uh, very large role. And this is actually an eighth grade standard in the state of Tennessee. 
for them to learn what the definition of function is. Yeah. So the vending machine applet, uh, as conceptualized, has buttons for red cola, diet blue, silver mist, and green dew. So what is the student meant to grasp each time one of those buttons is pushed? So each of the machines work a little differently. And so they're supposed to grasp that those are the inputs and then they're supposed to test the buttons over and over again. So let's try take red cola, for example, mm -hmm. and that every time they pushed red cola, the same color can comes out. So that doesn't mean it has to be a red can. It doesn't mean it has to be the correct can. It just has to be the same can over and over again. That's what it would mean for a vending machine to operate as a function. You may not be happy in the real world that if you choose red cola and you get a diet blue come out, but it still makes it a function. How many participants did you have in your research and what was your methodology? Um, so we've actually had several versions of the vending machine applet now. We're on version three. So just like any software, we've done several studies, we've tested it and improved each version that we have. Um, we also have a version for middle school students and we have a version for future teachers or um, practicing teachers. It just depends which one we're talking about. So in terms of pre-service teachers, um, across um, four different universities in the United States, um, we've had over 30 plus participants um, who have engaged with our vending machine applet in one way or another. Um, what we actually do is they engage with the applet, and this is pre-COVID, um, but they engage with the applet at home by themselves on the computer, and they actually screen record themselves engaging with the applet. Um, and they talk out loud. So we want them to say things that they find interesting or things that they're stumped by. Um, sometimes they're good about that, sometimes they're not, but we get some really interesting facial um, uh, expressions, or they'll be like, ooh, and so you know that they're surprised by something, even if they don't say it out loud by the small comments that they do make. So we actually qualitatively analyze the screen recordings that they do while engaging with the applet. So you get immediate feedback. It's not as though you have to wait for the entire experience to be over and then get what they write down. You can actually see it in real time. See it in real time, exactly. We have what they write down at the end, um, but we get real-time feedback as they're working on the applet. And as far as the uh, applet for that was designed specifically for students is concerned, uh, how is it different from the one that you designed for the pre-service teachers? So for the pre-service teachers, we assume that they already know what the word function is. And so what we're trying to do is provoke some misunderstandings they might have to improve them so that they can be better teachers. We want to make sure that their content knowledge is as deep as it can be before they go out into the classroom. Um, for middle school students, they've never heard the word before. So we try to build up some knowledge and let them make a conjecture about what they think a function is after engaging with the vending machines. So we purposely would tell them A is a function, B is not. And we would do that several times and ask them, can they come up with a reason? why A is a function and B is not a function over the course of engaging with the applet. So it just depends on that they, if they already know the word function or if they have never learned it before.
We'll take a break right here. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Dr. Jennifer Lovett. She's an assistant professor of mathematics education and co-author of a study that uses a vending machine, a soft drink vending machine, as a metaphor in attempting to teach uh, students how to understand function and helping preschool teachers or pre-service teachers, I should say, should say uh, uh, teach function and what it means. I always want to say student teachers. I mean, I just, I, my mind goes back to that expression, but the correct expression is pre-service teachers. Yes. Uh, did the participants always get what they wanted or what they thought they should have based on the buttons they pushed, or did they uh, end up going, oh, this is just like a real vending machine. I never get what I want. I always get ripped off. <laughs> so it was a combination. So there's one machine that functions like a real vending machine. And that, like that you get what you want. And that is actually done on purpose because there's a function in mathematics called the identity function. So whatever you put in, you get the exact same thing out. So we purposely made that one to mimic that. But all the other machines, they definitely don't get what they want. And some of the students even commented on that in the study. Um, so one machine spits out two cans at once. And they're like, whoa, I wish I could get a machine like this when I put my money in. So they were actually relating it to the real world context and not just mathematics when they were engaging with the machines. How do you get them to transition from the real world example to a mathematical concept? How do you get them to go from seeing a vending machine to seeing an uh, algebraic equation and making the connection with the word function between the two? So it's actually the other way that's hard. Um, our future teachers, our pre-service teachers, are so ingrained to think of everything in an algebraic mathematical context. Asking them to leave that and go into just a real-world context was the struggle for them. They have no problem thinking of everything as a graph, an equation, a function, no problem. It was getting them to push all that aside and just think about this consistency relationship that we really struggled with. Um, so that was an interesting question. It was the polar opposite, actually. Okay. Uh, there is a phrase that you use in the uh, study that was published uh, called a disorienting dilemma. What does that phrase mean? Um, so when you're working with people who already have knowledge of a subject, so it could be mathematics, it could be science, anything that you're teaching somebody a deeper understanding of. Um, they have these preconceived, un, un, preconceived understanding of the topic. And the only way to change it 
is for them to see um, that they have a misunderstanding or for them to see, to cause a dilemma in their own understanding of a topic. So that's where we refer to it as a disorienting dilemma. So they have their understanding of a topic and we engage them in something new that causes them to rethink, do I really know deeply about this topic? Uh, so for instance, one of the machines only put out a green cane. It didn't matter what button you pushed on uh, the, button, the machine, it was always going to produce a green can. So it made the pre-service teachers really second guess, like, is that a function? I'm not sure. Am I allowed to have the same output every single time for every single input or not? And so they had to really um, think deeply about the topic and rethink their own understanding of function. Why do some teachers struggle with teaching the idea of function? Mo so some teachers probably struggle because there's something called the vertical line test that we all learned in high school, where when you test if something as a function, you just take a line and go up and down vertically. And if it touches the graph at more than one place, it's not a function. If it only touches at one place, we call it a function. So for example, if you imagined a circle graphed, when you drew a vertical line, it would cross twice. So a circle wouldn't be a function. So most future teachers and current teachers, that's the way they were taught. They learned the vertical line test and that was it. Um, so they never thought deeply about this idea of consistency between the input and the output. Um, so they may not struggle teaching it in terms of um, they could teach the vertical line test, but they would struggle thinking of it in terms of consistency because they never had those prior experiences. So is the vertical line test antiquated? Is it something you'd like to see go the way of the dinosaur? It's not antiquated. It's just, um, it does what it's needed when you're talking about um, always graphing the graph or graphing the function. But if you're thinking about it in terms um, algebraically without looking at it graphically, it's difficult to know if a function passes the vertical line test unless you graph every single function. So it's, uh, it's not antiquated, but it just won't help students move beyond high school mathematics. So when we're starting to discuss function, which is even more of a larger role in undergraduate mathematics, um, they would have insufficient um, understanding of function if they only learned it through the vertical line test. So what is the future for this software now that it has been through three different iterations? Is it due for more and better iterations or is it due to be put out on the market? Uh, what's next? Um, so I actually three years ago received a grant from the National Science Foundation. Um, it's called Preparing to Teach Mathematics with Technology, Examining Student Practices. Uh, we call it PTMT ESP because everybody in education needs, uh, you know, a short little alphabet soup acronym for everything. Um, so what we are doing is we are designing things like the vending machine and then filming actual middle school and high school students engaged with um, the software and using those videos in our pre-service teacher education courses like we have here at MTSU, specifically like math 3320, which is um, teaching middle school methods. 
And we use those videos. So not only will the teacher, the pre-service teachers engage with the applet, but they'll get to see what do actual students do with the applet. And that really um, deepens their preparedness to become a teacher when they not only learn the content knowledge, but can also see what students would actually do. So we're designing these open educational resources. Um, I say we, it's myself and three other PIs across the country. And um, we're currently building the portal. We have three of our seven modules done, the vending machine being one of them. And when we finish all of the software and all of the tasks um, that other mathematics teacher educators can use will be free and open for um, teacher educators to use in their methods courses. We'll take another break right here and we'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about teaching teachers to teach and helping students learn with Dr. Jennifer Lovett, an assistant professor of mathematics education and co-author of a study that uses a soft drink vending machine as a metaphor for teaching function in mathematics. When it comes to using this applet in the classroom, do you think the better approach, the better pedagogical approach would be to have the kids work with it as individuals or for them to divvy up into groups and try to come to some group conclusion about what constitutes function? So when we do it with middle school students, we actually have them work in pairs. Uh, so that they can talk to each other and share their ideas and um, make a conjecture and test it together. Um, normally when we work with pre-service students, we have them do it individually first, and then we spend a lot of time in class in whole group discussions. Uh, pre-service teachers, we want them to specifically think about their own understanding individually first before we have that whole group discussion. Go back to some of the real-time comments that you got from some of the pre-service teachers as they were participating in the study and uh, coming up against uh, the frustrations that we all face in attempting to use soft drink vending machines and relate it to mathematical function. What, the, what um, were some of the remarks they made? Sure. So there's one machine that does not produce a can. Uh, so when you press the silver miss button, no can appears. So at first they get really mad because they think the software's broken. So they're clicking over and over again, like maybe I missed or why isn't it working? And they just keep clicking. Um, and then eventually they realize that there's no output for that input. So that relates to functions that aren't continuous. Um, so if you look at a graph, if there's a gap or a hole, 
that means they're not continuous. And so they're still functions. And so we tried to represent those in the vending machine by a button not producing a can. That was our way of creatively doing that. Uh, they didn't use any expletives, did they? <laughs> um, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yes, but we, of course, blocked that out for research purposes. But we've had some funny things um, that make us laugh. There was a student whose cat climbed across the keyboard. Uh -huh. And apparently her cat's name was Mouse. And so we always still to this day joke about a cat named Mouse, uh, you know, in our research that happened during the recording. Did, uh, did Mouse punch the right button and get a can to come out? That would have been... <laughs> no, nope, just climbed across. But yeah, super funny. <laughs> <laughs> now... What directions can future researchers take using your study as a jumping off point? What would you like them to see uh, taking the research in a similar and yet different direction? Uh, so in a similar direction is this whole idea of disorienting dilemmas with free service teachers. So looking at what uh, in other areas of mathematics, ideas that we can poke at um, so that pre-service teachers can deepen their knowledge. So that's one place that we're working and hope others are working is this idea of causing dilemmas in their other understanding. Um, but we would love to see other people uh, design technology that uh, pre-service teachers could work with um, instead of um, just procedures, like just not using a graphing calculator, trying to use some of these dynamic softwares um, since that is where we are moving towards as a society, obviously now in this COVID world, everything is online and you need these interactive online tools as well. And why does, it, if, if this is wrong, uh, please correct me, but it's my understanding that Common Core singles out functions as a separate study from algebra in high school. Why would they do that? Um, one is to show the importance. Uh, is that functions are such a vital role that they separated them out specifically. Um, in terms of algebra, they were more worried about algebra skills um, instead of looking at functions as a whole. So there's lots of different types of functions, but there's a lot of algebra skills that are separate from the study of functions. So that's the main reason they did it, but also to show the importance of focusing on the idea of function in high school. Perhaps uh, having pre-service teachers participate in your research will give them a better appreciation of the math anxiety some of their students feel when they don't get the wrong answer after attempt after attempt after attempt. There might be a psychological benefit to this as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, normally at the end of our two methods courses we have here at MTSU, they tell us all the time that they never imagined that they would struggle so much with middle school and high school math. And so that makes the professors feel good that we really like poked at their understanding and then let them feel like what it's like to be one of their future students. The study is titled, and it has a typically long academic title, Designing to Provoke Disorienting Dilemmas, Transforming Pre-Service Teachers' Understanding of Function Using a Vending Machine Applet. We give a shout out to Jennifer's co-authors, Allison McCulloch of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and Cindy Edgington of North Carolina State University. And the study was published in 2019 in Contemporary Issues in Technology and Teacher Education. 
if there are pre-service teachers who would like to understand more about this, how will they get in touch? Um, so they can email me at uh, jennifer.lovett at mtsu.edu, and I'd be happy to talk to you more about it. Or if you're interested in teaching math, um, we would love for you to reach out and we can talk more about what it would mean to become a future math teacher and what courses you would need here at MTSU. And I take it the need uh, in the K through 12 schools is uh, ever growing for math teachers. Is that basically what we're coming up against now that there is uh, a growing need or a concern that we won't have enough teachers uh, who can fill the role necessary to teach math and science? That is definitely a need, not here just in Rutherford County, but pretty much across the whole state of Tennessee. Um, we don't even graduate enough um, math teachers to fill all the openings that Rutherford County Schools has every year. Uh, so the schools are desperate for people who are um, excited and passionate about teaching middle school and high school math. Dr. Jennifer Lovett, thank you for being our guest today on MTSU on the Record. We'll be right back. The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research in progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TERA, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Randy Weiler has the middle moment. Major changes stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic will affect this year's Salute to Veterans and Armed Services game at 2.30 p.m. Saturday, November 7th, when the Blue Raiders host Charlotte and Floyd Stadium. Chelsea Floyd, Assistant Athletics Director for Marketing and Licensing, provides more details. This year marks the 39th annual Salute to Veterans in Armed Forces game. 39 years, wow! This is one of the nation's longest college football recognitions for our veterans. Even though Floyd Stadium looks a little different this year, we wanted to take the time out to still honor our veterans in attendance. This year marks the 70th anniversary of our MTSU ROTC program. We will be highlighting the history of the program and recognizing past alumni and current cadets as they will be in attendance at the game. Even though we will not be able to host the halftime parade, our band will still honor our veterans at halftime with a performance. Throughout the game, we will have veterans from every branch stand and be recognized. We hope to see you November 7th inside Floyd Stadium. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.